0: um I felt it was really really important to show how grateful I am to all of you who have like subscribed downloaded written reviews I mean the podcast is is really doing very well and you know we need each other and we support each other and our relationship as believers and as Muslims is one of a reciprocal type relationship. So I decided to start some reflections on the Quran that are directed to you, the listener, your car, walking to school, at work, at the gym, you know, at home, whatever you're dealing with, um, that are going to speak directly to you. And I thought we would take Shulti Yasin and we're going to call this series Foundations and Reflections because we believe that our foundations, the foundations of our religion are, are heavenly crafted, but community located. And and in a more precise way, not only located in community, um, but located in individuals and then located in the hearts of individuals and then located in the minds of individuals. So we're going to reflect on this beautiful chapter. Uh, It's really incredible. Uh, Of course, it starts, Yasin. And there's a lot of explanations and discussions around the word Yasin. Two that i found really remarkable that are traced back to the earliest um, commentators of the Quran from the companions of the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, is the first, of course, that huruf these letters alif lam mim saad and so on qaf yasin are called حروف Al huruf muqatta'ah means the broken letters. Um, so the first first interpretation is that no one knows the true meaning except Allah. And Imam Ar-Razi says something that's really powerful because in in this age, uh, the age that we're living in now, um, religious tradition is something either to be um, rationally explained and rationally denied, or to be completely romanticized and embraced without any, you know, um, critical thinking. So Al razi says something really beautiful. He says that the the purpose of these letters is to show people that there are things out there that you can see and you can say, but you can't know. So that really defeats the idea of, you know, rationalizing the tradition. Everything has to be rationalized because as Sayyidina Ali said, then if, if, if the deen was solely based on rationale, we would wipe on the bottom of our socks instead of the top of our socks, right? There's this balance. And then on the other end of it, Yasin does force us to think deeply and ask very critical questions as to, for example, why would these these kind of letters appear in front of chapters and what's the purpose and what is what is meant to be extracted from this? And 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 that balances out the other idea of just romanticizing religious tradition without being an active, deliberate thinker and engaged. The Quran says, La I mean, if the Quran is meant for us to ponder and think. Then what about, quote unquote, the tradition uh, that's been passed down to us from scholars, from human beings who aren't by no means perfect uh, outside of, of course, we're not talking about the Prophet or the Qur'an, but human beings and their engagement with the Qur'an and Sunnah, their understandings of the Qur'an and Sunnah. So the first interpretation is pretty cool, man, that Yasin is haruf muqatta'a the only one who knows its meaning is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and its purpose is to show us as human beings that we cannot know and understand and rationalize everything but that we should exert um, great effort in trying to understand and think critically and reflect the second explanation and this is really really beautiful for my my habashi my ethiopian family um is coming from ibn abbas right who of course is a relative of the prophet and Ibn Abbas عنهما, he said that Yasin actually is a Habashi word, it's a word from Amurik um, which means Ya Insan And I actually asked a, a Ethiopian brother once in Washington DC if this is correct And he told me that in the ancient language this is how you would say Ya Insan Now this is remarkable because Yasin is sent this chapter of course in Mecca um and it contains so many things that are absolutely essential and vital to our deen and that's why the prophet said inna li kulli shay'in qalban everything has a heart wa qalbu quran and the, the heart of the quran is yasin um, imam al ghazali said what that means is that the foundations the arteries of religion that you know reach us that bring us the understandings of religion are found in this chapter, Subhanallah. So, what do we what do we take from this? Let's think critically. That in Mecca, in a, discussing this with some people who I sit with weekly, and we discuss the Quran together. Um, of course, Yasin is sent before the migration to Ethiopia. It's kind of cool to think about what that means. And then also the fact that a a word which is not Arabic is sent to a man who's Arab. And it addresses him as Ya Insan, O oh human being, as if to say that the Prophet وسلم, is the embodiment of true humanity. And that's why sometimes in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, instead of saying believers in the context of belief, he says, An nas, human beings, kama'aman an nasu, instead of kama'aman al mu'minun. Uh, Al-Razi said that It says as the people have believed As the the humans have believed Instead of as the believers have believed Because true faith should cause someone As Imam uh, Waratdin Muhammad Rahimahullah used to say Islam should take us to a higher level of humanity So the Prophet is the embodiment Ya Insan Of Insaniya Of of being a perfect human Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam And then secondly the idea is that and this is powerful that your message is not just for the arabs and that your your message supersedes cultural ethnic physical social economic distinctions sallallahu alayhi wasallam and that's why in the qira'at we say ya yasinun yasinu, and there's also yasina uh, in different narrations but meaning oh human Right. So it's like what's called monada. So yeah seen. Then it says wal qur'anil hakeem. And this wow is the wow of oath. It's hard to get the meaning in English. Um, it's like I swear by it. But like the example I give people is like if you've ever played basketball and someone's fouled you and you're like you fouled me. And then they're like, no, I didn't. And you're like, man, I put that on something like I swear by this. That's the meaning of of. That wow was called wow al qasam, wal qur'anil hakim. And how do we know it's the wow of oath? Because the word after it says has kasra e, wal qur'anil hakim. Right? Those of you who studied, you know Ibn Jarum says wa huruf al qasimi wahil wa wal ba wata. Right? That the signs of a noun is that they take kasra and that e sound. And what causes that e sound is that wow. So Allah says, Quran," And we know that the Qur'an swears by things that are important. The word Qur'an, subhanAllah, comes from one of two meanings. Number one is, as Imam Al-Jurjani, he's a great scholar of the Arabic language, said that the Arabs would name things according to its purpose. So, insan is what forgets, right? Um, Al-Qur'an is called Qur'an because its purpose is to be recited. So the first meaning, اقرأ بسم ربك, of course, is to recite. The second meaning of Al-Qur'an is Jam'u is to bring something together. Uh, Allah says about the menstrual cycle of a woman, thalathata quru' in Surah Al-Baqarah, that she'll go through three cycles, right? The Arabs called it quru' because they theorized that the blood gathered together in her uterus, right? So it was called quru' from the same word as Qur'an. And that's because the Qur'an brings us together. And the Qur'an is bringing letters and words and phrases together and as an extension should make us whole and complete, should make us together with ourselves and with others. So this is profound, right? Let's think critically now. The Quran in Surah Yasin is opening up with a word which is a foreign word to Arabic. Then it swears by a book that brings us together. Allahu Akbar. Then it says, Wal-Qur'an il Hakim." One of the foundations of bringing our lives together is to be away from ignorance. Uh, the word Hakim, most people think it means wise or to judge, but that's the figurative meaning. The ancient meaning of Hakim is from Hakama, which means to stop Hakam to sha means that I, I I stop something from happening. We have a pre-islamic poem when we try to prove the meanings of words it's important in 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 philology to go back to the usages before the time of the prophet so. There's a poet that says, He says, you know, Oh tribe of Bani Hanifa, let me stop. You're ignorant people from acting ignorant, right? So the word Hakim is from Hakama, which means to stop. And ideally it means to stop ignorance and to stop harm. So the Quran brings us together individually and communally because religion as we said earlier is transcendently crafted but local but, but socially located and individually located and and the the, the bonds of those relationships are going to be that we have to respect and care for each other and we can't be acting ignorant subhanallah the Quran is amazing mashallah Quran il hakim that's why it's called hikmah, wisdom, because wisdom keeps people from acting ignorant. And now comes the answer to the oath, like, Ya seen, O insan, O oh Muhammad alayhi salatu salam, I put it on the Quran that is wise because it keeps from ignorance. Indeed, you have been sent as a messenger. You know, oftentimes in activism and religious work, you see people use the word I a lot. And that's not to call people out, but we need to be spiritual agitators to one another as we need to be spiritual supporters. That concerns me. You know, one of our teachers used to say, you should avoid saying I because I is the, the constant word of Satan. Ana minhu, I'm better than him. And in Shota Kef, this man who was blinded in his own hubris Right? I have more children than you, and I have more property than you. I, 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 I. So here we see something that we should never really forget: that everything that we have is from God. Success demands thankfulness. Hardship demands patience. O oh, Muhammad, you are a mursal. You'll notice something in the Quran that the accolades of prophets are always used in the passive tense. The subject isn't mentioned. And usually, the prophets are the object of the verb, meaning, you guys didn't do this yourselves. Someone else made you what you are. That's incredible. And when the prophets speak, they are extremely deliberate in thanking Allah. As Sayyidina Isa said, I am a servant of God. He gave me this, He gave me this. God did it. I didn't do anything. Allah says to Sayyidina Muhammad, والسلام, رميت رميت you didn't throw it, Allah threw it. So here we see something very powerful. That you are not, you didn't send yourself. Somebody sent you. We see something also in the Arabic language that the subject is kept out. This is called Tashwila sami in rhetoric, meaning how you entice the listener. So, you don't mention the subject, you keep the listener hanging so that they'll ask the question, Who sent you? Right? And of course, that's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Again, the Quran spawns critical reflection, encourages critical reflection, even from those people around the Prophet who didn't believe in him. He's a mursal, he's been sent, man arsalahu. But who sent him? Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So, humility. Uh, admission of weakness, understanding that God raised you, Sayyidina Muhammad salam, and then that begs to brings to mind the question: Who sent him? al mustaqim. Make sure that meme there. You read it properly. It has shadda, so you have to hold it. Right, to haraka with ghunna. Ala siratim mustaqim. People say mustaqim, mustaqim. That's called ikhtilas. That's a big mistake in Tajweed. So be careful. Ala means upon. And Ala has a number of meanings. Something can be an obligation. ala nasi Allah has made hajj obligatory on the people. Ala can be to be above. Taraktu wa da'atu al ina ala tarabiza. You know, I left the jar on top of the table but Allah also has a rhetorical meaning a a a, a excuse me a, a meaning in rhetoric a metaphoric meaning that means you've been raised so when Allah talks about us followers of Sayyidina Muhammad in the Quran we hope that we we can fulfill that responsibility <laughs> right You've been made upon guidance. Again, the idea is that something raised you. You didn't raise yourself. Allah says in the Quran, We raise who we want. We ask Allah and inshaAllah, may Allah raise us. But the point is, O oh, Muhammad, you are a messenger, which means tamakkun, you've mastered. Siratim mustaqim, the straight way. Now, I want us to stop for a minute and, and pay attention. This is interesting, and you may want to take notes. The word sirat in the Quran, according to the scholars of, of quran Quran, um, there is really three ways to read this word sirat. Ashatabi, uh, Rahimullah mentions, Right in, in, in this poem that we learned when we studied the different Qira'at, Sayyidina Imam Anasha mentions that Sirat um, comes from Sirat with seen, not sod Sirat and sawed with, with Kasra. Of course, is mufahama, but it's the closest. It's heavy, but it's the closest to seen when Saad has kasra. So he says wa'inda siratin, siratin, wa sirati meaning that out of the seven ways that he narrates to read the Quran authentically, Imam Qumbul, who was the student of Imam Ibn Kathir, who was the Imam of Mecca, not Ibn Kathir the Tafsir. This is Ibn Kathir early on. From the early, 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 early Muslims, right? He narrates that the people of Mecca read it with seen. He also says that there's also another narration, an authentic narration that the Prophet also read it. That's, of course, Imam Khalaf. From Imam Hamza. Khaled read it only once with Zirat, But that's a different story. Why am I telling you this? Because the Qiraat. Expand our understanding of. Our potential in engaging the, the, the revelation. We don't say revelation's potential. Because revelation's potential has no ending. Our ability to extract and think critically. And reflect on revelation. By the grace of Allah. So. Why am I telling you this? Because the origin of sirat, according to ancient scholars of the Arabic language, is sirat. They all have the same meaning. But the word sirat didn't originally mean a path, that came later on. Originally, it meant to swallow. The Arabs used to say, right? Don't be too sweet people will swallow you and don't be don't be too sour people will spit you out what that means is be balanced like don't love people too much and don't be harsh too much don't be too sweet don't be too sour but the word they use is from sarata to swallow later on as language evolved they used it for sirat as a way but it's interesting that this word Sirat was seen, Saad, Sirat, or Dha, which is mixed with Saad, um doesn't have a plural. "Sabil" has a plural, Subul. Tariq has a plural, Turuq. But Sirat doesn't have a plural. Asrita, Surut doesn't exist. Hmm, why? Our scholars said that it was called Sirat because... As the language evolved, people began to use the word sirat for a path that was so big that metaphorically, when someone would set off on that path, it was as though they were swallowed. Hmm. Same applies to sirat, same applies to zirat. Dhir- so the idea is that this relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hasn't completely encompassed us. I'm going to stop here. We're going to continue these reflections next week. I hope you enjoy them. If you do, please share them on social media. Encourage people to listen, rate, review. Barakallahu feekum. as wa rahmatullah.